Welcome to the Secure Access Service Edge in the Federal Space podcast hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. Secure Access Service Edge, otherwise known as SASE, provides agencies with a low-latency cloud-native secure internet connection that can be hosted in the cloud or on-prem. The security that SASE offers is a remedy for many security challenges facing government agencies. And Wes Withrow, who is the Public Sector Solutions Executive with Verizon, will discuss what SASE is and ways it can help improve mission readiness in the federal space. And Wes, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and jump right in. If you don't mind, what are some of the challenges related to securing federal agencies today? So one of the biggest challenges that it's facing federal agencies today, and this has been pretty consistent across both federal civilian agencies, federal defense agencies, as well as the intelligence community for that matter, is agencies are in this position right now where they're getting ready to do a lot of modernization and they need assistance kind of understanding and demystifying a lot of these newer frameworks, specifically zero trust and zero trust architect. Right? They need help understanding what it is, how they bridge the gap between some of the frameworks they've been using in the past, like the NIST cybersecurity framework, and how they actually map zero trust architecture, right, and weave that into those principles and practices with things like trusted internet connections 3.0 or TIC 3.0. So it's again, fusing together and helping demystify what zero trust is and how it maps to a lot of these different frameworks. Because agencies right now are and this is a good thing, but they're being bombarded with zero trust, you know, which is a litmus test of success. However, they need help understanding kind of the vendor landscape, right? So they need to understand that, you know, there's no vendor solution that actually meets all of the capabilities for zero trust because the zero trust is really a vision and not a product. So a lot of agencies help just kind of navigating, right, the waters of what's happening just in the overall market, you know, so you know, agencies are typically going, help us understand the vision, right? So zero trust is just a collection of concepts and ideas, right? That is really enforcing least privileges, privilege access, you know, and then giving access on a, you know, on a per access basis, right? So understand what the vision is. And then what's the strategy, right? So how do we navigate and put together a plan together that takes that vision, right, and those principles of zero trust and put those in practice. For example, what's the workflow? What different solutions could we implement? What does a roadmap look like? And then lastly, they want to understand what does execution look like and give us some examples, right? So you've told us a vision, you've told us put a strategy together, but how do we actually put this in motion? And that's where the execution comes in. We were typically having a lot of conversations with agencies who are Exploring SASE because SASE, you know, when you map out the capabilities of SASE, it typically covers about 80% of the zero trust architect capabilities when you start mapping these models out. So, again, to summarize, right, it's demystifying a lot of what's going on in the market in terms of zero trust and how they adopt those types of solutions with SASE being the same. That's great. That plays perfectly into my next question. So let's dive into a little bit more about SASE and tell us about SASE, I guess, overall a bit more and how it really compares to other cloud security applications. Okay. And I'll grossly undersimplify what SASE is. It's a secure network transport that's protected by a cloud native security stack. So 
when you think of secure access service edge or SAS, and you think of it as like the secure guardrails that agencies can use to help pave the way for agencies to migrate right to the cloud while they can still have the ability to use hybrid cloud or still and maintain right and operate and use on-premise applications. So again, SASE is that kind of secure guardrail because agencies need you know, a low latency connectivity to applications that are hosted in the cloud, but also still have the ability to get to applications that are hosted on-premise. And SASE provides both of those things. Because really kind of, you know, how is this different or you know, compares to some of the other cloud and security applications from a security perspective, right, we've developed essentially over the last 20 or 30 years, users have had to connect to the network and chase the security stack. And what I mean by that is, you know, historically users have had to connect to VPN. They get connected into the internal network and then they get routed around in a bunch of different ways to either connect to applications that are hosted on premise or in the cloud. And this can be kind of slow, right, latency. It also can be insecure because you know, a lot of times they, you know, agency users are not connecting over the VPN sometimes when they're out browsing web traffic, right? So in, instead of chasing the security stack, SASE now allows that security stack to follow the users, right? So in the future, which is right now, agency users are going to be able to connect directly to applications that are in the cloud and on-premise. And then that access is going to be continuously validated. And what do I mean by continuously validated? So historically with the VPN, it's a one and done. You get in, you get connected, navigate the network. That's it. With SASE, for example, you can do continuous and adaptive authentication. So for example, you can do dynamic risk scoring, which essentially applies a risk score to things like users, devices, and applications. And then that the algorithms underneath the hood will then make decisions based on those risk scores. So it could provide a, you know, a user access to an application based on a risk score, as opposed to just based on purely authenticate. So those are some of the kind of the main components of SASE and how it compares to the cloud and you know, other security applications. That's great. Thanks, Wes. Appreciate that. And if you don't mind, tell us, how can an agency go about implementing SASE and how does SD-WAN fit into all of this? Okay. So we'll start with the second question. How does SD-WAN fit in? So SASE is actually a combination, right, of a few different technology platforms converged into one. And SD-WAN is a service component of that. And here's what I mean. So for example, with Secure Access Service Edge, you're going to have an integrated right, cloud access security broker or CASB, right? Virtualized firewalls as a component, your secure web gateways, your zero trust network access, which is that replacement for the VPN, right? And then you also have SD-WAN that is a service component as well too. So if you've got you know, multiple horses in the race, and let's say SASE is a you know is one of those, and then you're looking at the different service components that tie into it. Right, you can do the implementation as a big bang approach, where you implement everything in that stack, right? Or you could pick and choose which ones that you want to implement in parallel or sequentially. Typically, what we'll see is agencies that will go, look, we want to have two horses in the race. We want to do all of the security service edge side of it, 
And then we want to do SD-WAN as well, too. So you might end up actually implementing things like ASB, your zero trust network access, and your secure web gateways first, and then fold SD-WAN in, not you know, kind of sequentially, but a little bit in parallel as well, too. All right. So what are some of the things that we do in terms of, you know, go about implementing SASE in like the very early stages? Because right now, Zero Trust is still very new and it's fresh off the press for a lot of agencies. So, right, what we're typically, you know, advising agencies to do, right, is you look at your current mode of operation and then your interim mode of operation. So, the current mode of operation, you can go in and go, Hey, let's do a mapping of our current capabilities to a zero trust capability model just to determine what coverage we have, where are our gaps. And let's do an inventory, right, of everything that as we're going through this mapping. Let's do an inventory of all the zero trust capabilities that we purchased, but more importantly, we purchased and haven't implemented. So, for example, a lot of times we'll go into agencies that we'll go through and help do a capability model mapping and find out that they've got one out of every three or, you know, 33% of the coverage there. And then they'll go in and look and identify that they purchased this solution, but they just haven't turned the knob on. So they'll actually be able to sometimes jump from, you know, the 30% range to 40 or 50% just by throttling on some of the capabilities that they already have. Now, another thing, and, you know, so if we were to enumerate these one through five, we just hit number one which was the mapping, number two, which is the inventory of first, first implement. But the third one is obtain the netbook value of a lot of the assets that may display, be displaced by SAS, right, like hardware. So, for example, your web proxies right now, most of them are physical. In the future, right, you're moving to software to find, you're moving to virtual. Go look at your VPN and the VPN concentrator hardware, right? That may end up going away. It just depends. But go out and get the netbook value of those assets because when you go through looking at SASE solutions, you're going to need to be able to work with your finance and other cross-functional teams to identify right, the business justification behind them. So number four, number five, and you could kind of fuse these two together and then the you know, for the intramotive operation, make sure that you're, you're and this is basic block and tackling, but find your use cases, right? Get three to five use cases. That helps. And then complete an analysis of alternatives, right? So of like, you know, a few SASE solutions. So bring in your partners, bring in suppliers, bring in your original equipment manufacturers, and just do an, as an objective of analysis as possible, doing an AOA for analysis of alternatives. And then last, right, do a proof of concept and use those use cases, those top three or five use cases to help tease out how you extract value from that solution by doing that proof of concept. All right, excellent. That's a great rundown right there, Wes. And if you don't mind, let's talk about the future. So how can SASE pave the way for future transformation activities for agencies? All right, and this is the fun part of this, right? Because this is really like what underneath the cover SASE does in terms of extracting value for agencies, because you know, earlier we talked about how SASE acts as like the secure guardrails, right? Connected to applications hosted in the cloud or on premise. Well, what this is doing is this is accelerating the adoption and modernization of moving into the cloud, but doing it kind of in a consistent, repeatable, and secure way. And this is pushing, and pushing may be a bad 
bad phrase to use, but it's actually pushing and accelerating the adoption of FedRAMP authorized solutions. So agencies that are starting to modernize will put the SASE in as those secure guardrails and then go, now that we have this, we could start to move these applications that were historically protected by all of these on-premise equipment. Now it's right, the security stacks following the user we can start migrating into the cloud and using FedRAMP authorized solutions. So in terms of transformation, right, you could really boil that down to things. One, which is the accelerating the cloud adoption, which we already hit. So then the second one is you're moving from a hardware-defined kind of on-premise environment to a more software-defined cloud-native environment. So really what's happening, and we talked about this you know, in the previous question is, you're transitioning from hardware to software. So you're getting this kind of flexibility to have this semi-permeable network that will, is designed to kind of follow the user, right? And as you move away from hardware to software, you just have a lot more flexibility. And then last and certainly not least is the value extraction. And you've heard me mention value a few times, right? But per investment dollar, right? SASE typically provides the most coverage of zero trust architecture capabilities, as well as TIC 3.0 requirements. So if you were to go in and do a capability mapping, right, of the zero trust architecture pillars, and then the capabilities that map up to it, about 80% of those out of the gate are natively built into the SASE platform. And the majority of the ones that are not natively built into the SASE platform have native integrations with other types of solutions. So for example, your SASE platform typically is not going to be your endpoint detection and response solution. However, the SASE platforms have integrations, native integrations, by the way, so they come out of the box this way, to where you could share things like indicators of compromise between the endpoint and the SASE platform. You can grant you know, access using the SASE platform to applications. So based on criteria like do we have the you know, approved endpoint detection response platform in there? So if SASE is meant to overlay right, on, across a lot of different technologies and networks, right? and so again, it comes down to out of the gates, how do you extract the most value right, as you transform an agency? And SASE has been the front runner, if not the front runner, in terms of what solutions are out there in the market for agencies to adopt. All right, great, Wes. Really appreciate your time today. And we're up on our last question for this interview. And if you can, please share any use cases with us on how SASE could really help the federal government. So for a, like a specific use case, let's take an example of an agency user, right? Let's, let's actually set the stage with the agency. So the agency has you know, a central headquarters location where you know, the agency user you know, primarily works. However, this user, right, this agency has, let's say, 50 satellite offices as well, too. And in those 50 satellite offices, right, the user that works in the central headquarter locations will split time between working at the headquarter location. They spend some time working at the remote offices, and they also work remotely from home or from wherever they're actually working and traveling. So in the and you know, and this is a very typical use case, right, where a agency user, let's say they need access to five applications. Of those five applications, let's say three are hosted in the cloud and two are hosted in their on-premise data center. 
So for example, they need access to their email, which let's say is hosted in the cloud. They need access to an ERP system that's hosted in the cloud. But then they also need to have access to a database that has proprietary information about whoever that the agency is supporting. So the great thing about Secure Access Service Edge is it doesn't necessarily matter where the user is located. So user could be working on Monday out of the central headquarters location and get access to those applications hosted in the cloud and on-premise with the same consistent, repeatable, and secure experience. And if that user ends up going over to the agency branch office, they're able to access those same applications, again, consistently and securely. Right? And that goes for both the applications hosted in the cloud or on-premise. So the good thing about SASE is that, one, you're not connecting over a VPN that gives you access to, let's say, 50 applications. You're connecting over a secure network transport that is only going to give that end user access to the applications that they should have access to. So instead of, again, having access to 50 apps, they're going to have a limited access to the applications that they only need access to. And they're going to have the same, and this is critical, the same experience, regardless of if they're at the central headquarters, at a you know, remote location, or an agency branch office. So it's all about consistency and having that cloud-native security stack follow that agency user. All right, excellent. Well, this concludes the Secure Access Service Edge in the Federal Space podcast hosted on Government Technology Insider, where Wes Withrow, who's the Public Sector Solutions Executive with Verizon, discuss what SASE is and ways it can help improve mission readiness in the federal space. And Wes, thank you so much for your time today. All right, thank you, Matt. I appreciate it.